sharing again from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. If you would uh, follow as I read. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Again, briefly, Paul is appealing here, uh, again, the words beseech from the King James Version, to, to plead, to beg. Uh, he's, he's not, you know, and, and it's interesting, as I thought about this the other day, he's not commanding, he's appealing, which is, to me, it's even a, a greater thing almost in the sense of, because of everything that I've shared with you up to this point, he's talking to the Romans and what he's written to, because I'm appealing to you based on what Christ has done. And, and so by the mercies of God, all that Christ has done, uh, everything that we need has been accomplished. I appeal to you to present your bodies a living sacrifice, a holy and that's holy and acceptable to God. And I mentioned last week, the only way it can be holy and acceptable to God because Christ's blood covers us. It's not because we turn around and say, oh, well, now that I have sacrificed, you know, I, you know Christ has come into me, you know, and, 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 and somehow I bring something to him. Uh, it's, it's, it's because what Christ has done for me that I am holy and blameless. And as that comes now, I can bring that to God. I can come before God now. I could not do that before Christ in me. And then he says this is all, you know, basically an act of, of worship, spiritual worship, he says. So the focus this morning is, is how we are to do this. And he starts right off by saying we're not to be conformed to the world. The word conformed here uh, is the idea of, of, of pushed into a mold. I, I don't know how many of you like, uh, you know, jello salads that have been put in a mold. You know, that I, I'm a jello person, you see. And, 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 uh, and so you think of that mold when it's, they lift it up and it's, it's all perfectly shaped like the thing that it came out of, you know. And it, that's, it's been conformed. The jello has been conformed because it's not going to look like that if you just leave it in the bowl. It's not going to look like that if you leave it in a, in a, in a, uh, the, the, Pyrex mixing thing, <laughs> so it's the idea is, is that you've been conformed, you've been shoved into something, you've been pushed into something, and he said, don't be the mold of the world, don't use that, don't use that mold, don't be conformed to the world, and it's offensive to the world to say this, but it's because it's a godless world. And someone will say, if you're in any kind of a, a, a public crowd, well, no, they're, you know, they're, they're, you know, even in the United States, people, you know, still you get, hear these polls. I don't know who does them, but sometimes you hear polls up to 80% of the United States of people consider themselves Christian. Well, when you start to look at Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses and, and a lot of other things, you know, what is it that, you know, outside of Jesus Christ of the Scripture, 
where Christ has done the, the work for us, those churches and things that practice works and things trying to earn their salvations, that's the mold of the world. He says, don't give in to that. Don't, don't focus on that. There's all sorts of teachers out there that are going to uh, distract you on these things. No, come to the word of God. That's why he gave them 11 chapters. For, now, of course, it wasn't chapters then, but divided up in that way now, of, of, of teaching about what man needs, who Christ is, and what he's done so that we can come to his mercy and know that as we rest in him, we pull away from the form of the world and we decide to be, as he puts it now here, transformed, transformed in the likeness of, of, uh, of Christ. Transformed, in, instead of conformed to the world, transformed, in, and, and it's implied into the likeness of Christ. And transformed here, I know I shared this quickly, briefly a couple of weeks ago, but metamorphosis. I'm not a Greek scholar, but thanks to those who are, I can tell you this. <laughs> and and metamorphosis is that idea of something that that is uh, completely changed, not just you know uh, the idea of of, of uh, you know changing your mind, but totally made new, totally made different. And we use the example of of uh, you know, frogs and butterflies coming from tadpoles and, and caterpillars. You know, the idea of, 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 of that, the transition that happens to them, that's a metamorphosis. And I, you think of, I, I don't know, I, I've not, I'm not into, you know, really studying this, but I have seen some of the ugliest caterpillars. Now, that's my opinion. You know, um, you know I, I mean, you look at them and they're just, uh, you know, sectioned and legs all over the place, and you know, and 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 you look at it and you just say, that you know, it's not something that I really want to you know pick up and you know, wow, that's beautiful. Uh, I'm I'm thinking right now the tomato caterpillar bug, you know, the one that gets it, and uh, yet you look at its colors, it's fascinating. But these, the, some of these will turn into the most amazing butterfly so completely different than what they were. That's what this word wants to convey, completely different than what we were. Not conformed to the, to the mold or the shape of the things of the world that are, are, are outside of, of, of what Christ has done, but things in, you know, transformed, allowing Christ to transform us, the way we think, the way we we act the whole aspect of who we are. And what I found was, as I was looking at this, as you study these two, two ways of looking at things, there is no middle ground. I, as much as I strive to find it uh, in my life, because you know, I, I want to indulge my flesh uh, you know, and, and be comfortable doing it, and, uh, and uh, you realize there is no middle ground. And I think of, uh, I, I've mentioned him before, the son of Francis Schaeffer, Frankie Schaeffer, one of his first books that after his, his dad had passed away was No Neutrality. And uh, what he meant was is that, you know, this, this atti attitude that we have is that you will say, 
oh, well, this is, uh, this is okay to do. It's neutral. And he would take you to, to 1 John chapter 4. If it does not confess Jesus Christ come in the flesh, it's of the world. What's Paul say here? Don't be conformed to the world. doesn't mean you can't watch it. It doesn't mean you can't see it. It doesn't mean you can't read it. What it means is, as he goes on in, John, in 1 John there, is test it. See if it confesses Christ. If it doesn't confess Christ, be aware of that. Because you don't want it now to dissuade you, to draw you away in any way. And so as you think about that and you realize that, uh, you say, oh, wait a minute. This is something that's pulling me away from Christ. And I don't want that. Not because I'm so strong, but because the Holy Spirit in me has convicted me. I don't want to be conformed to the world. I want to be transformed. And, and so the, and, and, it, and it's the, this, the, it's opposite. And, and then I put here opposite of conformed, and then I, thought, I realized it's more than opposite. And, and we want to draw on that power of that word. And he says, by the power from within, and I'm thinking, we want to be careful. The world has really dressed that one up, too. You have the power within to, to, with your own imagination or your own mind or, or, or you know, to, to do this and to do that. If you just, and, and, and it'll be, you know, like the positive thinking thing, you know, if you just think positive, you can create your own positive future and you can, you know, you're the captain of your destiny and all of these different kinds of things. And I'll tell you, there are so many, you go into, well, it's hard to do now, the, the bookstore is gone. Uh, <laughs> you go, go online to Amazon and type in, <laughs> type in uh, self-help. We're gonna, you're going to get thousands of books that are fairly similar in nature, talking about how to, to get into that idea of the power from within and the power of positive thinking. Now, I want to tell you, Paul tells us to dwell on the things that are good and holy and right. So there is a thing about the thinking. But first and foremost, you have to have the Holy Spirit in order to do that. And so you have to be saved. You have to come under the mercies of Christ. You see how this always comes back to this idea of, of, of resting in these mercies that, that Christ has done for us. So with the Holy Spirit in us, how again are we to do this? By the renewing of our minds. And that is another major area of concern, if you will, in our culture. What, what is put in our minds from the time we're very young? It's very important. I want you to think about what the Hebrews were directed to do. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, you know, when your kids ask, be prepared to tell. And then in that case was, you know, the exodus, what God has done, and all these things. And, and your children, your, your, the idea is that we're to put the, our children into an environment and create an environment around them that's based on Christ, on the Holy Spirit. It's so important that we take that responsibility within the framework of our home. Um, you know, uh, so often we leave it up to uh, church, Sunday school. Okay, well, let's say, you know, Sunday school, uh, 
45 minutes to an hour once a week. How does that compete to all the other influences that are competing for your child's mind? How does that compete once a week for us, even though we're in here for an hour and a half together, to compete with everything else that's competing for our mind? Okay? So this idea of, of renewing our mind is, is putting ourselves in a position as frequently and often as we can where God can touch us, minister to us, and our children as well. It's our responsibility. You know, the Romans in, in chapter uh, 1, if we, if we went back in, in what we went over a few weeks ago, uh, verse 28 and 29, they didn't see fit to acknowledge God, at least from, you know, in a sense by what nature reveals, and, and thus they were filled with, and, 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 you know, it says God gives them over to a debased or fallen or uh, a, a mind without God. That's what the world has to offer. Now, we don't sit down, but I've used this uh, very often and do this, but I've offered this illustration before. If I went to the high school, public high school, Fortuna High School uh, board meeting, and I asked them, do you confess Jesus Christ come in the flesh? What would I get as an answer? No. I think that based on the people that I know there, and if it was me asking, they would be polite to me. But they would say no. I said, do you have any curriculum within the framework of your school at any point in four years that confesses Jesus Christ come in the flesh, Son of God? No. We've separated that out. That's, you know, that's, and they, I'm not going to get into that. Um, and, and so the, the, the reality is that I have an obligation now as a, as a parent with a, you know, to look and say, okay, there, this is not confessing Jesus Christ come in the flesh. If my child is in this high school, I need to be very observant about what's going on, what's being taught, what's being trained, so that I can make sure that they hear God's side of it. It's kind of interesting when my daughter, I, I shared this with somebody this last week, but when my daughter in high school did her biology paper and, and she presented it all uh, out, and she gave the teacher back exactly what he asked for. And, I, and, and I'm not a great you know, teacher when it comes to science and biology in any means, but I read it and I thought, man, that's good. She did a good job with it. And then she read, added an addendum of her own opinion of a couple more pages that wasn't called for and, and, and with scripture and, and, and science, you know, creation science references and, and said, this is why I believe what I believe. He gave her a C. I called him up. I asked him why. He said she, he went beyond the, the framework of the assignment. And I said, did she answer everything that you asked for? Yes. Then, then you're saying that because she expressed her opinion as an addendum to the paper. She didn't say, this is the answer to your questions. This is the answer to the assignment. She said, this is my opinion. You're, you're de-docking her. Well, we, we talked about it a little bit longer, and, and uh, I don't know whether he did it to get it off my back or what, but she got an A. Um, but after a while, I, you know, with three kids that have gone through the high school here, I, there is a reputation when I walk on campus, they're going, oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, we have to be involved. It's our responsibility 
And so we can't shun that off to someone else. And when it comes to us, he's, he doesn't say, you know, uh, Bob, make sure, you know, take so-and-so and transform their minds. He says, we, all of us, this is our responsibility. Each of If I don't do it from here, if I'm not doing it at all, it doesn't release you. And again, as often as you can, putting yourself in a place where God can touch you, minister to you. I, I found this last week. I, I have to say, you know, not every speaker that spoke was someone that I would choose to listen to. Yeah. But it was quite interesting. There was one especially, I won't go into any details, but there was one especially I thought would be pretty, and it was one of the ones that, that, that got my attention. And it reminded me, you know, <laughs> kind of we read it this, a minute ago. Uh, oh, I'm of, of John MacArthur. No, I'm of John Piper. No, I'm of Chuck Smith. No, I'm of... of uh, uh, the, I can't think of the guy now in Van Nuys, uh, the church on the way. Oh, gosh, he was very charismatic, neat guy. I, I, but anyway, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, I'm of this, I'm of that. Or even in detail, you know, sometimes we say it this way, only meaning to, to identify it, but we'll say, I go to so-and-so's church. You know, and uh, the reality is, is that, yeah, we're to come under Christ. That's what he's saying. We're, it's, not, I, it's not John MacArthur's, I cannot rely on him or I cannot rely on Piper or Chuck Smith or others. Uh, to, to, it, I'm to come with the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God. Now, if those people, by listening to them, direct me into that and strengthen that, that's fine. But it's my responsibility to get into this with the power of the Holy Spirit working in me. It's awesome to know. When we come into Jesus Christ, we come out from underneath judgment. No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. How many times I've said that since we've been in the book of Romans. But, you know, you could say it every single day and it should be fresh to you. <laughs> it should always just give you a, a great joy in your heart to be able to say there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus because you know where you are and, and you know that it's speaking to you and about you. But within the framework of walking in the, the fallen flesh that I still live in, there's a battle going on and there's something trying to draw my attention and the world would give, and our culture would give nothing more than to have me fall into a, a mold that makes them comfortable. kind of interesting, even in our churches. Uh, we get somebody who's young and excited and on fire for the Lord, and we send them off to Bible college because they must going to be preachers or, or, or missionaries. But we're all called to that. The, the world tries to keep us in its mold, and if we can't keep it in its mold, then they want to outline what they consider our mold, where we have to be silent where we can't pray. <laughs> you know, I am not a proponent, by the way, and I know I upset some people when I say this, I am not a pro proponent of teacher-led prayer in school. And I get people upset with me. The majority of the teachers, I wouldn't want leading my kids in prayer. Serious. But I am upset when, they, when, they, when my, my kids might want to carry their Bible 
Or they might want to pray at lunch, and a teacher comes up and says, that's not appropriate here. See, they have a mold. You know, they want to put us in if they can't put us in the world. And we're told, no, we're not to be like that anymore. There's, there's, there's things that, you know, as we've been pulled out of this, we're to be different than we were. Uh, Paul says that we are to put off our old self in Ephesians chapter 4. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your mind and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God. That's the transformation that's going on in us. It's not complete, but it's in process. But even then, God sees the finished product and, 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 and draws us close to him through that in that picture. Put on the new self created after the likeness of God in, in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor during honest work uh, with his hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as it, is, it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another. You see the transition. Here's what you were. Here's what you do now. And, it's, and, and what it's talking about is the fruit of the Spirit. It's the opposite of the world. You, always, you see here, instead of meanness and, and, and selfishness, it's kindness and gentleness and long-suffering, putting others first ahead of yourself. It's just so many things that go on here that Ephesians is saying, put off the old self. Paul, and he says this so quite often in his writings, you know, put off, look around hard, because either just before or just after, he's, he's told you what to put on. But you can't put it on by yourself. You, you need the Holy Spirit. You need Christ in you. And then, when we come together like this, it's our job to encourage one another in these areas of, of, of helping and, 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 and strengthening and praying for one another to put off and to put on. And put it into practice where? Right here. This is, this is where it needs to be in practice. And then it needs to spill over into all other aspects of your life. So put off the old self, the world's mold. Put on the new self, the transition, the transformed mold, if you will. The world, the way it thinks, without Christ, without the Holy Spirit in them, they are unable to discern the will of God. And I'm not going to get into the details of this this morning, but here we are called, because of the transforming of our minds, to enter into discerning the will of God. Paul makes it very clear that it implies here that that's a possibility. I'll get into a lot more detail about that you know, in a couple of weeks. But 
But, but right now, just I want you to understand, the world cannot do that. There's no way they can without the Holy Spirit. You cannot discern the world. And if you've got the Holy Spirit and Christ in you, you're no longer of the world. You're in it, but you're not of it. Okay? And we're to be in that process of being transformed. So when we confess Jesus Christ, when we believe in our hearts the things of Christ, the Holy Spirit indwells, enters in, and begins a work of transformation, a renewing of our minds. And I thought I wanted to add at least a couple of thoughts in this area this morning. What happens, what does a renewed mind start to look like? Yeah, and, and I, I couldn't think of a better example than actually going back to the Old Testament and uh, going to the first psalm. And it's interesting how this parallels. I want you to see this carefully. Blessed is the man who does not walk, okay? Who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. This is a progressive thing, by the way. If you stand in the counsel, if you, or if you walk in the counsel of the world, which that's the same idea here for the wicked, the, the ungodly, the unsaved, the, those who don't relate to God. If you walk in the council, the idea is I'm asking the council for the answers of my life to, to, from the world. If I walk in that council, I will fit into that mold, right? You understand? We'll fit into that mold. As a result, I'll end up standing in the pathway with sinners if I follow it, the council of the world. It's always going to fall short. No matter how wise it is, it's still going to fall short. And as I stand in that council, as I, as I stand, walk in that council, I'll end up standing with sinners. And as you see, it's a, it's, it's a lack of progression. I was walking in the council. Now I'm standing with the sinners. The next thing you know, I'm sitting with those who mock God. And it's because I'm either quiet, because I'm fitting into the mold, or I've actually come into agreement with something that's ungodly. Blessed is the man who does not do this. Well, then what kind of a man should he be? If his not mind is in the process of being renewed and transformed, then his delight is in the law of the Lord. What is the law of the Lord? The word of God. And on this law... He meditates day and night. Now, as we look at that, is that a possibility that I can walk around and, you know, with the word of God day and night? Obviously not. I, you know, first off, I can't drive that way. Uh, you know, uh, I, we're, we're told not to drive and, and, and do our cell phones, so I don't think we should be driving and reading scripture. Uh, but the idea is, is that, as, again, that picture of as often as I can, putting myself in a place in a process of a day where God can, can minister to me. So that the rest of the time, if situations come up, I look at it with a, a, a Christian worldview rather than a secular or non-God worldview, non-Christ worldview. I, have, I evaluate the things around me according to the things of the word of God. 
Why? Because I've been studying it. I've been allowing it to minister to me. I've been allowing to, to let it into my life. You know, I have read the scriptures before I was, was, before I was saved. And the interesting thing is, is that all I could do, and, and I did it on purpose, was because of some classes that I had in, in college, I, I had become fairly adept at using the scriptures and the concordances in Bibles to find what were, quote, unquote, contradictions. So that I could foul up somebody's presentation to me as they shared Christ. I finally got so frustrated with that because uh, that, that I, did, I just chose not to do it at all anymore and said, when, you know, I think I've shared that many times now with you. When my wife, you know, when some friends came over that were Christians, I just told Kathy, call me at the local bar when I, and I'll come home <laughs> when they're gone. But, uh, you know, this is something that, and, and, and as we meditate, look what happens to us. We are planted like a tree by, by waters, by streams, and the idea for streams here is canals. So it's not like free running water off a mountain. It's actually canals, something that's been structured to nourish. I think that's important to grasp here. You know, the, in, in, in verse 3, it's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. In other words, we will be fulfilling what we were created for, for the purpose that God has for us. And all that I do as a result of that, I think I'm not going to wither, but I'm going to prosper. Has nothing to do with the prosperity movement. Has nothing to do with name it and claim it. What it has to do with is the idea that I will prosper, meaning I will accomplish the things of God that God has for me to do. And I will do them successfully. Why? Because of the transforming, if you will, of my mind by the word of God. Galatians 5, I already mentioned it, the, the fruit of the Spirit. That's a transforming. That's not just a, 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 a change in the way, it's a transforming, you, you know, the way I think. The, the way I treat my wife now compared to the way I treated her before I was a Christian is way different. People would have said, as we looked at, at our, our, our together non-Christian life, that, that we made a great couple. In fact, that's what they said. We, and we were our best friends. I'll tell you what, there's a big difference between best friends in the world and best friends in Christ. And now, you know, and, and compared to a few in here, I'm, I'm still a youngster in this. You know, with 43 years, I can say how awesome it is. I don't know that that could have happened if it weren't for Christ. In fact, I know it could not have happened. As I was studying this, there was one thing that came out very clear, be, and, and it was kind of like a warning, you know, beware, you know, like a big sign in, in a sense, beware. And one person actually used the word of the trap. And I'm thinking, you know, transforming your mind, beware of the trap. And what it was was seeking to conform to biblical ideas but without the transforming work of the Holy Spirit in you. Quite candidly, that hadn't occurred to me. I realize now what they're talking about because it's really easy to do. You get sidetracked on what you, you know, if it's kind of like what the, the, the Pharisees did. You know, here's, here's what is wrong. <laughs> Here, here's what is, I don't, I, no matter where I go, I'm touching, looking at somebody, you know. You know Here's what is wrong. <laughs> Here's what is wrong. 
And, and the thing is, is that if I avoid it, I will be fine. And so I will say, I will not touch, do, or whatever relate to this in any way so that I don't you know, do what is wrong. And so I create a new set of rules even that says, here's kind of like a yellow light. I won't even get close to it. So if even I get close to it, I now have a rule that says, that's wrong. And so I create distance from the, the, the worst things, you know, the, the, the actual things that are wrong with creating a new list of things that are wrong so I don't even get close. And, and I understand the process and why we would do that. But what happens is that turns into a form of legalism where after a while, this is how I assess who's, you know, the things of God is whether they transform, trans, transgress this yellow light. That was what the Pharisees did. When Jesus was accused of hanging around with the sinners, it, you know, a lot of times we, we equated it to like sinners of today, and he did embrace people who would be prostitutes and, and things that were, but generally speaking, the Pharisees were saying, anyone who's not like me, he hangs around with the wrong people. He should be hanging with me because I know where all the yellow lights are and I abide by it. In fact, we even, we even created some neat skirting avenues with Corbin. Anybody know what Corbin is? Confess the, the, the committing all of your resources to God and then when your family needs you, you say, well, I don't have any. That was what the Pharisees were good at that, apparently, because Jesus really pointed it out. He said, you hypocrites. You don't honor your mother and your father. Instead, you declare Corbin on all your resources. So beware of the trap of, of finding what causes our lust and, our, and our, of the lies, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and be careful because, you know, when we practice avoidance, which is we are told to flee. Don't misunderstand. But when that becomes the, 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 the focus, instead of the, the focus being on Christ and his word and, 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 and meditating in it and, 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 and you know, coming to that point where the, the fruit of the spirit becomes the reality in us, then we're off center at, at, at the very best. And in fact, we're creating some molds you will, that aren't biblical that we're trying to shove people into. I've got a good friend who, when he was saved, you know, he had a you know, radical change in his life, and, and, and uh, he was one of the fortunate people that when he became a Christian, it was just kind of like the drugs, the, the language, everything just fell away. And therefore, from that point on, for a while, anybody who had a problem with those and confessed Christ, he, they couldn't possibly be saved. You see how, how easy that is to do. Create a mold that's not from the word of God. We need the transforming work of the Holy Spirit for the renewing of our minds. It's by the Holy Spirit and no other way. And the neat thing is, is that in the midst of all of this, you know, we can even go back to the Old Testament in, in, in 2 Chronicles uh, uh, 16.9 where it says the eyes of the Lord uh, runs to and fro throughout the world of the earth searching for those whose heart is blameless before him. That's the people who have come under his covering, under his grace and are resting in his grace seeking his face. That's who he's looking for. And when we're seeking his face, by the way, what does he tell us? 
you will find me. Seek me out and you will find me. Knock on my door, I'll open to you. Ask me and I will give to you. Has nothing to do with Cadillacs and swimming pools. It has everything to do with him in a personal relationship with us, working through the power of the Holy Spirit in us, transforming our minds. And there is only one way it happens. Through the blood of Christ. There is no other way. I'd ask the ushers to come to pass the communion out, hold it until we've all been served, and uh, we'll share together.
There's a, out of the Psalms, I was just uh, looking up here, it's just a, out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. That idea of the depths corresponds with Psalm 40, where I, I'm, I'm in the pit of miry clay and I cry out to God. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attended to the voice of my pleas for mercy. And that's Psalm 130. Psalm 140 says, he hears and he responds. He pulls us out of that pit, out of that, uh, the depths of, of my sin, and he sets me on the rock. And when that happens, it puts a new song, a, a new appreciation of all who God is in my mouth to the point where I am so excited about what God has done to me, I can't help but sing that song everywhere I go. And it's not, it can be that one right there if you want, so amazing, <laughs> you know, love so amazing. I, it, it, it's the idea is, is that it changes the way we look at the world. And it comes to us because Jesus Christ came in the flesh. And not only did he come in the flesh, but he allowed his flesh to be hung on the cross and to bleed for us. Pour out his life to pour out his blood for us. And he gave us this picture of, 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 of what he was doing on the night that he was betrayed. He took bread as he presented to, to the disciples and he broke it and gave thanks to the Father for it. He said, this is my body. And he asked us as often as we would share in this symbol and together that we would do it in remembering His poured out blood is symbolized in the cup. He gave us that picture. He says, this is my blood poured out for you. And again, as often as we would share in this, he asked us that we would do it in remembrance of him. Father, we come again acknowledging a love that is so amazing. Just, uh, you know, that you receive us. And it's not because of anything that we've done, but it's because of what you have done, even to the found, before the foundations of the world, putting it all together so that you would pull us out as we cried out for your mercy. You would pull us out of that miry clay and set us on Christ. Thank you. Cause us to rest in you and in your grace, but not only to rest, Lord, on a day-to-day -day basis, but also to, to draw closer to you. We invite in, Lord, that transforming of our mind through your Holy Spirit in us as we read the word of God, as we, as we do listen to men that have called of God to preach uh, the word, and, and, and we listen to their, their sermons and their CDs and and, and their videos and all of these different accesses that we have, Lord, that you would use them to transform us. But let it be because, Lord, we rest in you and your word, not the teaching of any one man. And, Father, we ask that you'd shape us and mold us to fit into the mold of Jesus Christ, not the mold of the world. We worship you and we praise you. We ask that you would go with us 
Cause us to see with your eyes, to hear with your ears, that we might speak your words to a people desperate to know peace. We worship you again. We, we come. We acknowledge you are the God of all creation, our Savior, the Lord of lords, the King of kings. In Jesus' name.